Welcome to Interpod, the global voices of Pride podcast powered by Interpride, where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Happy Pride Month! We hope you're all protesting, marching, and celebrating safely, including making sure your physical bodies are also being safe. There are reports that some cases of impacts are on the rise, and so let's check in with experts from the World and National Health Organization on the status of impacts. Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis and Nikki Romanik. Hi, uh, my name is Nikki Romanek, pronouns she and her. I am currently the senior policy advisor for the National Impox Response at the White House. And I'm Dimitri Daskalakis. Uh, my pronouns are he, his, him. I am the deputy coordinator for the National Impox Response at the White House. Thanks for having us. MPOX made headlines last year with rising cases impacting our community. Walk us through what happened last year and perhaps a reminder of what MPOX is. So going back in time, um, really to May 2022, um, we had been hearing of uh, of cases of, of I'm going to keep calling it MPOX because the name changed, but of MPOX. Um, that were occurring in a different way than we ever had experienced MPOX cases before. So, you know, we heard of uh, gay, bisexual, other men who have sex with men. That was the initial group that we heard about um, internationally who were being diagnosed with MPOX um, that seemed to sort of be in a specific sort of uh, sexual and social network. And, um, you know, when we thought of MPOX in the past, I'm an infectious disease doctor and I, you know, I, I, MPOX for me was a question on my board's exam that I'd never seen. And um, so then all of a sudden talk pox as something that was uh, facing the community. It's a virus that, um, that is uh, occasionally seen in parts of Africa. And the way that you think about the virus is it is something that exists in animals that then gets into humans and then tends not to go very far in humans. And so this story was was really different. And we were hearing about MPOX that appeared to be transmitting through social and sexual networks um, through close skin on skin contact that's often associated with um, sexual interaction. So that was radically different. And so back in in May and, and June, um, when the emergency response started to stand up, you know, we really were like learning about this outbreak in real time. So it's it was very, very unprecedented the way this was moving. And so um, you know, we didn't have enough vaccine. Um, we didn't know how to reach all the people who were potentially exposures. We didn't have testing because MPOX was something that is a select agent, actually, like something that was tested in labs that looked for bioterrorism. And so all, all of those things happened. And then we accelerated a response very quickly, um, really with a lot of the help of the community that really rallied behind, um, you know, looking after itself, but then also, um, you know, pushing us in government um, to higher levels of, of, of greatness. And so um, soon we had vaccines and a strategy. And so what was mysterious became an outbreak of over 30,000 people in the United States alone. Um, over, I think, 80,000 is the, the number internationally. And and so now we know what we got, which is that we have a, a, a virus that is now um, living um, in the United States and other parts of the world where it hadn't lived before, and 
at least in the U.S., over 95% of the cases are in gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with men. And then there's a, a fair number of cases in transgender individuals, um, all said around 2 to 3% in trans individuals as well. So, um, so what was mysterious, um, we've now come to learn a lot more about this, know how it's transmitted, know how to prevent it. Um, still a lot to learn, but we're in a different place than we were in May 2022. I'll just add, um, from the perspective of, uh, I was definitely looking in, um, I was at the time I was in Geneva. So, um, just witnessing it from another country, um, I watched quickly, um, as the United States pivoted and pivoted and pivoted again, um, to meet the needs of the community, um, and the outbreak that they were learning in real time. How do you think the world responded, especially to the fact that it was impacting marginalized communities like the LGBTQIA community? Some had said that they were relieved that some organizations responded quickly enough that there was a sounding bell. But what are your thoughts? I'll start, Nikki, if that's okay. So um, this is really a love song to the LGBTQAI community. So I'm going to start with that. So, you know, this response... Um, our community has, uh, believes in science and it has really good muscle memory. Um, we've been through HIV, we've been through COVID. Um, and so the muscle memory was really remarkable. And so seeing the community spring into action when we didn't have all the biological fixes that we do now with vaccine and with treatments, really getting the word out, um, spreading the word in in ways that people understand about how to reduce the risk of acquisition. So I feel like that, you know, any response can be faster. But I think that from the government perspective, like we moved pretty quickly, I think, with vaccines um, really on the ground um, fairly quickly with supply really ramped up by August, um, testing moving about a month and a half after the first case um, and really guidance um, to people about how they could reduce their risk in like terms that they understood. The government part, I think, um, ultimately looking back, um, has been a very effective response in the US. But it, it would not exist in the same way without the advocacy and the action of the community that is so good at looking after itself. So I think we have a track record in the LGBTQ community of being good at this. And this, I think, is another example. I think MPOX is another example of how the LGBTQ community addresses health challenges um, by actually like working with government, calling government out when it needs to be called out to move faster and act stronger, um, but then also taking care of itself by messaging to its it, to the people that it loves about how to stay safe, um, whether that's at events like Pride um, or all sorts of other uh, events that happen across the country. Nikki. And I'll just say, I think that coming out of um, the pandemic and you know, technically we were still in the pandemic when, MPOX, um, when the impacts outbreak started, but I think quickly that was a lesson learned that I'm happy to say truly was learned. Um, engaging with the community from the beginning and engaging with the community consistently and constantly to get their feedback and not only um, tell them what they, what they need to do, but ask them what we need to do um, to meet them where they're at. I think that um, in that way, COVID actually helped us because we learned that um, it's incredibly important to engage in the beginning and um, consistently. What do you think we could have done better, if any? I'll start by saying that 
the 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 easiest comment on that is like community connecting with public health um we sort of know how to do that but the strides that we've made in mpox with all various components of the lgbtq story whether it's prides or lgbtq centers or events organizers or other trusted messengers like um having that now is something that i wish we had sort of in the same strength when we started so i think that like definitely um sort of you know the the it's it's less of a what can we do better but uh what we shouldn't lose and what we shouldn't <laughs> lose is is really this connectivity where we're able to sort of call our friends. I'm going to tell a story, um, which I think is is illustrative, and then I'll pass it to Nikki, which is, you know, I, I, I had this great opportunity to be in a meeting um, talking about emergency responses, and MPOX was one of the responses that was being covered. But the other one was, <clears throat> was um, the uh, Boston Marathon bombing. And the gentleman who was there, who was representing the police department, who was actually the, eventually the chief of police, of police of Boston, got asked, how come your, your response to the Boston Marathon bombing was so well coordinated? And he just said, because Boston has a, a amazing athletic teams. And everyone was like, what is this guy talking about? And he goes, we've had so many championships in Boston that I know everybody and we know each other. And so when this ha happened, we knew who to call and how to call them to get things going. So this is this is an example of the things that you get from an emergency, don't ever let them go away because we all know each other. We kind of knew each other before, but now we really know each other. And so that's gonna serve us in this response as well as in others. So that's something that we could have done better to begin with, definitely got to a good place, can always get to a better place. But the most important thing is that we don't lose it because this community, I think, knows how to how to work together across all sorts of different domains, whether it's private industry, events, government. So I want to keep that momentum going so we can continue this and not only think about infectious disease responses, but also things like overdose, all of the things that are challenging our community to make sure that we are really, you know, and, you know, all of the sort of social issues that are facing us with all the attacks that are happening to LGBTQ folks. Like this is a core group of people um, that the more we keep together, the stronger we are. If and I'll just add, um, you know, I, I watched uh, Dimitri come back from that meeting and he was incredibly motivated by um, what he had learned that day. Um, I think in his mind, he always knew that this was going to go in a syndemic approach, um, but you have to bring everybody along with you um, almost to show them that MPOX is part of the HIV syndemic, which is also linked with housing insecurity and linked with, you know, overdose and it's linked with HIV and it's linked with other autoimmune immunocompromised. It, it is incredible how many linkages there are and how many different avenues you can um, approach in order to reach a person. And it's not always the avenue that we as public health um, individuals think that it should be. There are other avenues um, that are actually, I would say, probably stronger avenues to reach people. Housing insufficiency is an incredible avenue. So I think watching as he has brought along um, all different avenues of the U.S. government, the 
community, the CBOs, the NGOs, the associations, the providers, um, the FQHCs, every single different element. I think in his mind, he always knew that this is how it made sense. And that's why I think we have come so far. But I wish that everybody else would have known that in the beginning. So I hope that all of those things continue, um, not just for outbreaks, but for every kind of syndemic. For people in the yeah. back, a syndemic is interacting epidemics that are made worse by social circumstances. So like that's how we approach the MPOX story, which yeah. is it's MPOX does not exist in isolation. It touches HIV. It touches mental health. It touches sexually transmitted infections and sexual health. And it's all made worse in terms of how it impacts our community by housing instability, racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia. So that kind of problem, that syndemic or interacting epidemic problem really requires uh, a, a syndemic solution and community engagement and being a, be, like really motivating all the components of community, um, I think really shows that, that that's like what a syndemic response is all about. So just making sure everyone knows what a syndemic is. We're trying to make everyone know what it means. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Is MPOX a concern today? There are some reports that it could be a concern for some pockets of certain urban locations that we will talk about in just a bit. Let's start before the alarm bell. So um, we we have been um, we have been ringing the uh, the the bell, which is not an alarm bell to create panic, but more of a bell to remind people to keep acting. And so <laughs> we we know. Um, based on some really important mathematical sort of modeling forecasting, kind of like the weather, right? Like we're forecasting MPOX instead of forecasting a, 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 a hurricane. But the forecasting says that like, if we don't vaccinate more people, we're at risk for having uh, outbreaks. And if we don't vaccinate a good number of people, we're at risk for having larger outbreaks. And so we've really been trying to sort of get that message out, which is even when we were seeing like zero cases per day on average, um, we were still worried that this could potentially become, uh, you know, we could have another round of this, especially when people like do things that are fun, because sometimes that fun may actually create opportunities where MPOX could potentially transmit. So following that, the CDC just like like a week ago or so, maybe, maybe less, about a week ago, um, put out a new forecast that says that we're at substantial risk for ongoing outbreaks unless we vaccinate more people. So I think that like, we're really excited that we've administered 1.2 million doses of vaccine in the United States. Plus, it's really exciting. The job's not done um, because we're still like working um, sort of with the assumption that we have risk um, for potentially more outbreaks. And so, so I think that, you know, we really need to sort of keep the drum going and make sure that folks know that part of your summer ready plan, I keep joking that like people keep talking about summer body and I'm talking about summer antibody. Like we need to make sure <laughs> that people actually have their vaccine up to date for MPOX along with some other things to make sure that that they can sort of dive into their summer plans with a bit more confidence um, that their risk for MPOX is a lot lower and by their risk being lower for MPOX, uh, potentially also protecting the community so everyone can have a like a, a summer that is less interrupted by uh, by outbreaks. I will just add that um, we've been alarming uh, kind of the, you know, alarm bell of action, not panic um, for many months. But I will say that um, probably I know you're going to bring up the potential 
um, issue that's made the news recently. Not until recently were uh, was everybody tuned in, and now we can use this recent um, cluster that uh, we'll talk about in a moment to um, finish the job um, and get everybody a second shot and get those that are not vaccinated but at risk for impox infection um, vaccinated with not one dose but two doses. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So it's Chicago in the U.S. that seems to be experiencing some cluster spikes in cases. And sorry to have to verify for our listeners, but I had read these quote-unquote facts from Fox News. So is this real? Is it true? Are there cluster spikes? No, it's 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 valid. <laughs> no comment. This is a valid source. <laughs> it is a valid source. Um, and so there, there is, so, um, it, and I think um, CDC has also put this out and they are a very valid source yes. of health information as is the Chicago Department of Health. Mm-hmm. So they have, we're gonna call the number right now because it varies a little bit, somewhere over 25 cases under 30 um, of, of individuals. Uh, so there've been 25 to 30 people um, who have been diagnosed with MPOX. About 57% of those people had been previously vaccinated and fully vaccinated. The rest were either partially vaccinated or unvaccinated. Um, So that is happening. It is the only jurisdiction where we're seeing that happening at the moment in the United States. Um, Folks from CDC have deployed there actually to work with all of the great local folks to investigate um, what's going on. Um, But there's some really important lessons. First of all, the lesson one is that outbreaks can happen, and the goal is to have them be smaller with people less sick. So that is happening now. So um, we're not seeing 150, 200 cases. What we're seeing is a small number of cases that are getting added to the mix really since like the end of March. So this outbreak is actually not just a week long, it's longer than that. Um, and that's number one. Number two, the even when you think that the vaccine isn't working because it didn't prevent an infection, Almost all of the people in uh, in Chicago who were in, who has who have MPOX after vaccine are having really mild disease. That's success. So that means that the vaccine works not only to prevent MPOX, but also likely prevents severe severe disease, prevents hospitalization, and by extension prevents death. So. Um, the Chicago Chicago is giving us a really important boost. People are listening right now, but we don't want them to listen with fear, but just listen at uh, sort of, again, move to action. Like there's something you can do. We don't have a short supply of vaccine in the U.S. We have adequate supply of vaccine. Um, so if you haven't gotten the first shot, start it. If you haven't gotten the second sh- shot, finish it. Mm-hmm. And before you ask me, there's no indication currently for a third shot. We're watching all of the data carefully, um, but uh, infections after vaccination can happen. So this isn't necessarily a surprise. Also, I'm just, since I'm on this, CDC also released really important vaccine effectiveness data. So not only do we know the vaccine is safe, but what we know is that um, that fully vaccinated folks, somewhere between 66 and 85 or 86 uh, percent protection against MPOX acquisition. That's pretty big news. Um, the single dose, a little bit less, like 35 percent to somewhere in the 70s and zero doses. That's easy. Zero. So the main <laughs> message is that like zero vaccine does nothing for you. One dose is kind of helpful. Two doses is the highest level of protection that we can get. Um, 
And that toolkit also includes just knowing how MPOX transmits. So you can also make informed decisions about your sex life as we approach summer fun days. So that's that's what the Chicago story is so far. And just because Dimitri mentioned it, um, summer days, getting ready for summer. CDC also has released some incredible resources um, that we have tried to spread far and wide, one of which is a get healthy and ready for summer 2023. Um, so, and this uh, really includes everything. It is a all-in-one encompassing website um, that we want shared everywhere because it includes everything from going to an event down the street to going to an event in Berlin. It includes travel safety. It includes HIV and STI testing. It includes recommendations for not only MPOX vaccine, but other vaccines, including COVID-19, recent updates and recommendations. It includes overdose uh, prevention recommendations. So it really is a one-stop shop website. And it also encourages those um, to think of things in a syndemic, holistic way. So recommend um, checking out that resource on the CDC website as well and sharing it um, with uh, your friends, family, and audience. Are we still prioritizing certain persons in our community for vaccinations or should everyone get vaccinated? So great question. Everybody in the world does not need this vaccine. So let's start with that. So it's not a, recomm a recommendation for every single human to get vaccinated for MPOX. The recommendation is, is really focused on what the epidemiology is telling us. And the epidemiology says that gay, bisexual, other same gender loving or other men who have sex with men, transgender individuals or folks who are gender expansive or gender diverse um, who have sex with men, um, individuals who attend events where sex may be happening on premises um, or sex potentially at festivals or are, are in a geography where that, that may happen, um, where MPOX may be um, moving around. Uh, people living with HIV, um, if they expect to have any of the sort of uh, sort of situations that could increase MPOC transmission that I just talked about. So anything about like multiple, having more than one sex partner, uh, having an STI or planning on having uh, having sort of sex in any of the environments or with multiple people that we talked about and all of their sex partners. So those folks are a slam dunk. So that list is really nice to think about because it just gives you like a framework of who um, could benefit from vaccines. So for people who are listening, if you hear yourself on that list, then you qualify for vaccine. And what's really exciting is that all you have to do is go where the vaccine and is and say, I want a vaccine. They're not going to ask you questions about your sex life in that detail. Saying you want the vaccine is enough to get the vaccine. And CDC put that out in a nice, solid way um, last week, although it's existed for a while. So um, if you, if you, uh, I feel that you're sort of you're potentially someone who could benefit from vaccine, uh, especially if you're uh, gay, bisexual, other men who have sex with men, transgender person, person living with HIV, um, festival party goer who may have sex there, um, or uh, any of their sex partners, including sex workers. Then you know, just say, hey, I want the vaccine, and then you should get it. Um, but definitely not a general call for everyone in the world. But a lot of people on this call may hear my list and say, ooh. That seems like something that I should do. And so if you think it, do it. 
And I'll add one little thing to his list. If you anticipate experiencing any of the scenarios that uh, Dimitri just mentioned, you also should think about um, getting the vaccine and it is recommended for you. So even the anticipation of experiencing any of those scenarios. I, you know, and most people anticipate that because it's called fun. So if you're thinking <laughs> that there's going to be fun and potentially that fun may include sex and you're in any of the sort of, you you see yourself in any of the list that I gave you, no one's going to say no to Mbox vaccine. You should pursue it. Last question for both of you. And thank you so much for all that you do to advocate and to inform and educate all of us in keeping us healthy. Any final thoughts on Mpox and any indicators of anything else we should be concerned about? Not to not to say that we need a forecast on all the doom and gloom, but could there be some other virus, for example, that we should be aware of? So I think I think that the main message is this is like we're we're on we're an, we're on, we're on inter uh, on the interpod. So talking here for Interpride, this is about joy and love and celebration. And part of sex positivity, part of, of love and joy and celebration is having a plan to make sure that you're able to enjoy your life, including the sexual part of your life to its fullest. So this is the time. Kick your tires, check your oil, see what you need to do in the sort of of sexual health environment to make sure that you are ready to go for the summer. That includes your Mpox vaccine. So I don't have a lot of doom and gloom. I think that, you know, I have a lot of hope and love and just sort of the idea of like leading with love here, like really um, sort of taking the pride message even a step further and saying like, you know, really looking after your own sexual health and your drug, your your health related to the potential risk for overdose. I'm going to talk about that for a second. Um, like all of that is part of pride and part of sex positivity. I bring up overdose, not because everyone in the world is doing drugs, but because sometimes you're around people that do drugs. And so knowing how to prevent an overdose, even if you're not using drugs is important. So I put that on the list. So quite the opposite of doom and gloom. I am unicorns and rainbows telling you like how exciting it is that we're approaching the summer and just make your plan to make sure that you can enjoy it with a few less things to worry about. Nikki. Dimitri hit the nail right on the head. Um, this is all about you. Enjoy your summer take care of yourself, um, whatever that means, whether it is getting the right vaccine or, you know, taking care of uh, making sure that you are covered uh, for overdose, making sure that you know the right travel recommendations or STI testing um, before fun or after fun. Just make sure that you take care of your sexual health, your mental health, and have a fantastic summer. Have a good time, but just be smart and healthy. See you on the dance floor. <laughs> on that note I think I'm going to drop the mic now and thank you both for joining us for Interpod thank you so much Nikki and Dimitri for all that you do again thank you for keeping us safe and for giving us all the information that we need to keep ourselves safe happy pride everyone continue being out there celebrating rejoicing protesting marching doing everything that we can for lgbtqia plus rights there's so much work to do if you'd like to hear more episodes of Interpod, head to interpride.org. There you can also find all the information that you need for our world conference that's happening this fall in San Diego, California. We hope to see you there. 
Happy Pride again, I can't say that enough. I know there are so many Pride celebrations that are happening throughout the year. We'd like to hear from you. If you've got a story for us or you'd like to be on Interpod, please reach out. Until next time, my friends, this is Michelle Miao with Interpod, the global voices of Pride podcast powered by Interpride.